Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Faith Talks podcast. Um, I hope y'all are having a good day. Um, Emmanuel will not be joining us tonight. It's just me. And (laughs) I don't know how well I'm going to do. This is a little awkward with me by myself. Um, But we're just going to go at it. And we're just... And I pray that the Holy Spirit just guides me um, going through this. um, And I will try my best. Um, So... The topics that will be that will be we will be talking about today will be the moral law or the Ten Commandments, and a controversial topic. Oh my gosh, we're gonna be talking about abortion. Um, so I don't have many notes for abortion, but I do have a few verses written down. Um, so, I but that's gonna be come later. This podcast is um episode is gonna be short because <laughs> obviously I'm the only one here and Emmanuel's not here to add on. But um, we're going to go on to our first topic. Um, so we're mostly going to be in Exodus chapter 20, um, which is where the Ten Commandments are. Um, so if you don't know what the Ten Commandments are, the Ten Commandments are a God-based moral code. Um, I'll just read these out real quick from verses 1 through 17. Um, well, verses 2 through 17, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the Lord's name, the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. To the Lord your God on it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his female servant or his or his female or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is in your neighbor's. So we can see in these 10 commandments, God gave very strict commandments, but um if you notice, when you look at this, you can notice that, like, wait, I know that, like, you may have been a Christian a long time, or you may have not been a Christian, you've only been a Christian for about a month or two, but you can look at these Ten Commandments and notice that, hey, my parents told me some of these are bad, and I know these are bad in my heart. Um, so when we're all boring, non-believer, Christian, doesn't matter, um... And you notice that we know lying is bad. We know that committing adultery is bad. We know that murder is bad. Um, this is what we call the moral law. And um, 
And God is our moral lawgiver because we cannot have a moral law without having a moral lawgiver. Um, so the moral law, basically, you should not murder. Um, and you notice that um, us humans were created to not do all these bad things. Um, even you can be an atheist and be like, no, no, no. The moral law is different for every culture. Um, but I want to give you a little excerpt. Um, from Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, and I just want to read these few verses. I'm not verses, a few sentences. And it says, If anyone will take the trouble to compare the moral teaching of, say, the ancient Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Hindus, Chinese, Greeks, and Romans, what will strike him will be how very like they are to each other and to our own. Um, and moving up a few sentences, it says, But they have always agreed that you ought to not put yourself first. Selfishness has never been admired. In every culture, everybody should be humble. Everyone's like, you should be humble. Put others before you. And if you follow these Ten Commandments, you're putting other people before you, um, before you in a way. Um, let's see what else is my notes. Um... Um, in the Ten Commandments, it doesn't just say that the certain behavior is bad. It says that God commands us to do, us to do or not to do certain things. Um, the thought of a moral base, uh, I mean, of a God-based moral code is becoming less and less popular. You can see that a lot these days. Um, but the idea of a moral law remains prominent. But the idea of, uh, I'll just make my own moral law. Um, and someone actually tried to do that um, in the 1980s. A businessman named Ted Turner suggested replacing the Ten Commandments with his own call with his own called the Ten Voluntary Initiatives. But in these Ten Voluntary Initiatives, he failed to mention God. Um, I have a list pulled up right here, and here are the Ten Voluntary Initiatives. It says, I promise to have love and respect for the planet, living things, especially my fellow species, humankind. Number two, I promise to treat all persons everywhere with dignity, respect, and friendliness. Number three, I promise to have no more than two children or no more than my nation suggests. Isn't that a crazy? Because what if you marry someone who wants five kids? Like, <laughs> um, Number four, I promise to use my best efforts to save what is left of our natural world in its untouched state and to restore damaged or destroyed areas where practical. Number five, I pledge to use a little non-renewable sources as possible. Number six, I pledge to use a little toxic a little tox as little toxic chemicals pesticides and other poisons as possible and to work for their reduction by others um number seven i promise to contribute to those less fortunate than myself to help them become self-sufficient and enjoy the benefits of the de- of a decent life including clean air and water adequate food and health care housing education and individual rights um number eight is kind of a pacifist mentality um, it says, I reject the use of force in particular, in, in particular military force and back United Nations arbora- arbitration of international disputes. Um, now, I want to fo- fo- talk about number eight real quick. Um, so if you don't know what a pacifist is, because you, if you notice, I said, well, this is kind of a pacifist mentality. 
A pacifist is someone who doesn't believe in weapons and using violence. Um, you know, they don't believe in wars and stuff like that, you know? I think wars are bad, um, but they're still going to happen. There's nothing you can do to stop them. And the thing with, like, violence, um, what if someone breaks into your house? You still have the right to use self-defense and violence. And if you need to shoot them as your self-defense, then you're going to do it. Because we have the right to self-defense. We have the right to protect ourselves. Um, especially with military force, sometimes you have to use military force. Sometimes you have to use military force in certain situations. Um, moving on, um, number nine, I support the total el- eliminations of all nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons of mass destruction. Number 10, I support the United Nations and its efforts to collect- collectively up- improve the conditions of the planet. As you, if you notice, I said earlier, um, what was his name? Shoot. Ted Turner (laughs) failed to mention God in those 10 voluntarily, uh, voluntary initiatives. He failed to mention God in that list. You know, the world will be, I'll, I'll say this later too. The world would be so much better if we tried to obey God's commandments. If we tried to obey God's Ten Commandments that he gave Moses and the Israelites for them to follow. Um, because we would all be following God. Um, um, Romans seven twelve says, So the law is holy and the commandments is holy and righteous and good. Um, Everything that God placed down, even the ceremonial laws, they were good. Even the Ten Commandments, they were good. Everything that God gave the Israelites um, were good because it came from God. And everything that comes from God is good. Even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes. Even though you're going through a hard time, it's still good. Even when God... um, Even with Job, it was still good because it came from God. Um... Here's a few points um, about the Ten Commandments. And the, the Ten Commandments are good because they answer the long for moral guidance. Now, if we didn't have any moral law or moral guidance, we would be like animals. We'd be like every single animal ever in the world. <laughs> we would be... Because, um, you know, it's very evident that us humans have a moral law, which goes on to my second point, which... They show the moral guidance of God. Um, Because, you know, if you look at nature, after a female praying mantis mates with a male praying mantis, it's traditional for the female praying mantis to eat the male praying mantis. Just to chow down, like, after they mate, she's like, it's dinner time, and she eats the male. Um, For pandas, and even um, penguins... I believe penguins do it too. I know one special type of penguin. When they have two babies, it's natural for the panda and the penguin to abandon one and favor one over the other and let the other one die because the panda's like, nah, I'm just going to take care of one. Um, in the lion kingdom, sometimes, even with grizzly bears, sometimes the males will eat the babies. But you know, if a human did any of this we'd be seen as a terrible person we'd be seen as a bad person but we're all bad you see that in psalm 14 one none does good um but 
If we did any of this, we'd all be seen as bad. We'd all be seen as terrible people. Because, obviously, we shouldn't be eating each other. We shouldn't be abandoning our children. Um, and um, our third, my third point is, um, they will make the world a better place if we follow them. I touched on this like two seconds ago. But if we follow God's Ten Commandments, the world would be so much better. There'd be no murder. In a perfect world, there'd be no murder. We'd be following Ten Commandments. We would all just look to God and there would be no sin, but obviously we sin. Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Um, and, fun fact, the Ten Commandments can be summarized in what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 40. I read this, I believe, I think... Mm, Maybe when we talked about biblical love, I read this passage, but y'all are going to hear it again. Um, it says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, um, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. And to test him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, I really want you to think about this verse. Those, what, how many verses is that? Seven verses really summarize the Ten Commandments. Because I want you to think about it. Where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. If we were to look at it, some of the first commandments, you shall not have other gods before me. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Because God, God is a jealous God. He gets jealous for us when we put other gods in front of us. Um, so that's the first commandment. And then the second commandment that Jesus gave is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and the rest, honor your mother and father. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. Those are loving your neighbors as yourself. Especially that you shall not steal. Those are loving your neighbors as yourself. And because if we, had a, if we murdered someone, if we lied, if we stole, if we don't, and if we disrespect our father and mother, we are being prideful. Um, I could go into, we could, Emmanuel and I could go into a whole, uh, we could do a whole episode about pride on the book of Obadiah and Edom's pride. But um, the only thing I'm going to touch on pride right now, because if we break any of these laws for being prideful, we're only thinking about ourselves. And pride is a very, very deceptive sin. Um, we deceive ourselves when we, when we um, have pride in our heart. Because um, it makes us think false things about ourselves when we do pride. Um, and as I close out on the topic of the moral law um i want to read another sentence um from your christianity and it says for you notice that it is it is only our bad behavior that we find all these explanations it is only our bad temper that we put down to being tired or worried or hungry we put our good we put our good temper down to ourselves okay so just explain this a little bit more when we have bad temper when we're getting angry, when we sin, 
we're just like oh no i'm just tired i'm just stressed i'm just worried about i'll be fine and everyone's like no yeah it's okay but when we have when we have good behavior whenever we're like oh i'm just in like a, such a good mood today or man someone held the door open for me today that's why i'm do- having good behavior right now no our god we always justify our bad behavior we should we shouldn't justify our bad behavior because we can't justify our bad behavior before god obviously we're sinners but we broke the ten commandments when we sin um so that is all i have about the moral law now moving on to this controversial topic all right <laughs> i know there's some pro-choice christians out there um I was on myself at one point said that in the first episode we're going to talk about our ten, our testimonies. Um, so the first verse I will be going off of is Psalm one hundred and twenty-seven, verse three, and it says, "Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord; the fruit of a, the womb, a reward." Now you're probably like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! What if a woman got raped? That child is still a gift." Um, and you're like, well, the woman should have a choice for the abortion. No. Yeah, after the baby, after you give birth to the baby, you can have the choice to put it up for adoption. Because that baby has just as much right to life as any other person on this planet. Um, because it's still a human too. You get mad. I see all these people get mad over the death sentence. But they don't get mad over abortion. They don't get mad when millions of babies are killed every single year. And this is a growing problem in this world, um, abortion. Because it's it's not what God intended. When God gives you a child, it is a gift. And you should cherish that gift. Um, in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16 it says, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my, your eyes saw my unformed substance and your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. That is such a beautiful passage. I especially love verse 16, the first part where it says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. God sees us in our mother's womb and plans out these days for us. It's it's so beautiful. And people cut that life short when they don't want a baby. And it is so heartbreaking. Because God gave you that child for a reason. And if you turn to God, if you're not Christian, um, if you turn to God, God will work it out for the good. He will provide for you. Because God knows your needs. Um, If God provides for the flowers on the earth and the sparrows and the ravens, why wouldn't he provide for you if you're one of his children? Children are a gift. God gives us children for a reason. And I could be going off my own personal opinion that abortion is also really selfish. And that if you don't want a baby 
and you're just having sex, don't have sex. Um, literally, one of the, and if you're a Christian and you call yourself pro choice, I want to say this real quick. I'm not judging you. This is, I mean, like, it's righteous judgment, but I'm not judging you, hypoc- um, being a hypocrite. But you cannot be pro choice and be a Christian. You just cannot. You cannot. You cannot support a sin and be Christian. Because Jesus tells us when we give our lives to Christ to deny yourselves and pick up your cross daily. So we should be denying ourselves and giving our desires to God. And we should be encouraging other people to do that too. We should be giving our sins to God and be like, hey, I do not want this sin anymore. Take it. We should not support a sin if you're a Christian. This goes for literally every sin that is mentioned in the Ten Commandments, that is mentioned in the Bible. We should not support it. Um, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, the, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that, that, hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that defies wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. I'm going to say this right now. Abortion is not a political issue. It is a moral issue. We are dealing with sin here. As Christians, we are dealing with a sin and we should be fighting for those lives of those innocent babies that are getting murdered every single day because a woman does not want a baby. I can give so many solutions. <laughs> I can give so many solutions on what to do with the baby and the woman. And none of them involves killing the baby. None of them. Nada. Nothing. Involves killing the baby. Genesis one twenty seven. God said, "Let us make man in our own image." So God made man in His own image and created us. We are made in God's image. God created us. So what gives us the right to kill what God gives us? What God made in His image. What gives us the right? We have no right to kill another person. A baby. A toddler, a child, a teenager. It doesn't matter. We have no right to kill them. And it is just so heartbreaking seeing the numbers rise of abortion every single day. And as Christians, we need to fight for it. We need to fight for those those babies. Job 31 verse 15 says, "Did he not? Did he who made me in the womb make him?" And did not one fashion us in the womb. God literally forms us in the womb. God, we are made in God's image. Yet people think they have the right to kill the baby. You know, every time we have a baby, God, it's a gift from God. And you know, I'm going to move on to the topic of how abortion is selfish. Um... Because, you know, there are women in this world who cannot have kids of their own. And when you get pregnant and you don't want a baby, you want to abort it. 
you're making that baby lose a chance at having a loving family. I don't care if that child was going to be disabled. If it's going to come out deformed, it still has a right to life. It still has a right to life. And if you're... I will literally, you can, I'm, I said this once and I will forever stand by this. You cannot be pro-choice and a Christian. We are called to love others. And you're, and before you go on to say, well, the woman's not affect. it doesn't affect you. Abortion doesn't affect anybody. It affects the baby. And did you know over 80% of women regret their abortion? Because once you realize, once the woman realizes, like, hey, that was a human being in my womb, in the womb that is in me, and I killed it. I committed a murder. The Ten Commandments that we literally talked about like ten minutes ago specifically talks about you shall not murder. And as you actively support abortion, you are actively supporting murder. How can you call yourself a Christian and actively support more murder? You are supporting murder. And if someone came up to me and said, hey, I'm a pro-choice Christian. Me and that person are going to have a real long talk about it. And if you ever, um, the last thing I want to say about this. Um, and if you want to come to me for more information you can follow me on Instagram um, at Catherine Loves Fries. Catherine Loves Fries. My name is also spelled a little bit weird, so you can go to our podcast Instagram, and my username's in the bio. I literally, if you ever come across a woman who's considering abortion, I want you to talk to her because there are plenty pregnancy crisis centers around that'll gladly help that woman and guide her through the pregnancy, give her. a adoption options have a some even do free ultrasounds if not most of them do really cheap ultrasounds literally there's so many people that would love to help so many people that are literally looking to adopt children um that could adopt that woman's baby um so um yeah i encourage you to um really just really study those verses that i read and um and the last thing I want to leave you with is that children are a gift from God. God gives us children to raise up, to follow Christ, and to glorify God. Um, so that's all I have for y'all today. Um, if you want to, if you're not saved yet and you want to give your life to Christ, you can always message us on Faith That Talks Podcast on Instagram. You can eat. You can email us, um, faithtalkspodcast25 at gmail.com, and we will be glad to help. We will literally, we will take time out of our day to help you. Um, so just remember, Jesus loves you. And whenever you're listening to this, I hope you have a good day. I hope you sleep well if it's night. I hope you have a good day at work or a good day at school. And I just encourage you to read your Bible read scriptures, start in the book of John, if you've never read the Bible, don't start in Genesis, start in John, um, and yeah, I hope y'all have a great rest of your day, or you sleep well, just remember to drink water, and Jesus loves you.